Hey, my name is Amy and I work at Lowe's. Summer's not over yet and grilling season is still going strong. Luckily, Lowe's has low prices on items across the store. Right now, stop by and get a Grillmaster 3-burner gas grill for just $169 or a Master Forged 2-burner patio grill for only $199. Then cool things off with a 50-foot Never Kink water hose, now just $26.98. Find these and more everyday low prices right now at Lowe's. Lowe's, let's build something together. Some restrictions apply. See store for details. Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, Ask questions and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now... Taz and Paula. Well, good morning. Uh, Taz, are you with us? Yes. Okay. Our guest has not called in yet, but I guess we can introduce him. Okay. Uh, Well, we want to let everybody know that we're going to be on for two hours today. And our first guest is internationally recognized healer Eric Pearl. He has been appeared on countless television programs in the U.S. and around the world, spoken by invitation at the United Nations, presented to a full house at Madison Square Garden, been interviewed in various publications, including the New York Times, and most recently featured in the film The Living Matrix. You are now listening to the Taz and Paula Show. And... Um I'm Taz, and Paula just got done introducing us here. Uh, you know what? As a doctor, Eric ran a highly successful chiropractic practice for 12 years until one day his patients began reporting that they felt his hands on them even though he hadn't physically touched them. Wow. Patients soon reported receiving miraculous healings, from cancers, AIDS-related diseases, epilepsy, chronic fatigue syndrome, rheumatoid and osteoarthritis, birth disfigurements, cerebral palsy, and other serious afflictions. All this occurred when Eric simply held his hands near them, and to this day it continues. His patients' healings have been documented in six books to date, including Eric's own international bestseller, The Reconnection, Heal Others, Heal Yourself, and it's in more than 36 languages now. Based in Los Angeles, Eric and Reconnective Healing elicit great interest from top doctors and, and medical researchers at hospitals and universities worldwide. These include Jackson Memorial Hospital, UCLA, Cedar sinai Medical Center, the VA Hospital, 
University of Minnesota, University of Miami Medical School, and the University of Arizona, where he addressed physicians at the request of Dr. Andrew Wheel. New research programs are presently underway at multiple facilities under the guidance of such renowned research scientists as Gary Schwartz, Ph.D., William Tiller, Ph.D., Constantin Karatsev, Ph.D., and others. Well, actually, Eric travels the globe extensively throughout the year, bringing the light and information of reconnective healing into the planet. He teaches you how to activate and utilize this new, all-inclusive spectrum of healing frequencies that allow us to completely transcend energy healing and technique to access a level of healing beyond anything anyone has been able to access prior to now. Welcome aboard. Uh, well, thank you. I, it must be very good because I sure whoever's in charge of things made me work at it. <laughs> oh no, we're sorry. <laughs> oh my God, no! I've just you know strange electrical occurrences. What can I tell you? Well, I've had problems that, before, but never this one. They say that Mercury's in retrograde, so it must really be there. <laughs> oh, that's right. I did hear that. Well, well anyway, anyway how, are, how have you been? It's been a while since we've spoken. Yes. And we explained a little bit about the reconnective healing, um, but it sounds like uh, you're doing some tremendous work with this, traveling all over the world, teaching and and um, doing healings. I just it, got in. I just got in two nights ago. I I'd, um, night before last. I'd um, on my way back spent two wonderful days with Gary Zukov and his wife, and then two days with. Daniel Brinkley, Daniel and Catherine Brinkley. So I had a wonderful time to rest with in company from which um, I can definitely sit and open up and relax and learn. And that was that was my little mini vacation I gave myself for the year. Uh, well, wow. let's say you travel all over. It's like you're in Sweden and Italy and Rome, and I can say you hardly you're taking a breath when. Uh, hardly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I get one, I get one other little vacation or fun thing today, if you can believe. Not today, but I mean in um, next month, if you can believe this. I'm very excited. I received an invitation from you know, here I am, this little boy from New Jersey. I received an invitation from his his and her royal majesties, the king and queen of uh, Norway, to come to the birthday party of the princess at the royal oh. castle. I know. Uh-huh. Can you are you pinching yourself? Um I, I did that already. Now I'm now now I'm just making sure I've got the right tuxedo. <laughs> well, I bet you a few years back you never would guess that this this was on you your journey. You really wouldn't. Who knows what courses your life will take and um and all of this I remind myself is the gift of mm of focusing on reaching out to spread a consciousness to be of benefit. You know, people, I, I listen to what people want in their life, and my focus is, I don't know I say my focus, but my picture, what I look forward to most is, strangely enough, being able to look back on my life once I leave and smile, know that I've accomplished something. I can picture that in my head. Well, for the folks who uh, uh, 
don't really know um, what your healing method is all about. Do you want to explain it and how it came to you? Sure. Um, actually, there's a there's a a word that I just found, or um, with a friend, <laughs> so maybe we created it. That seems to explain what it is. It's transmodality healing because. It's it's a way to access a fuller spectrum of healing by transcending modality and transcending technique, which um, in order to explain, let's try it this way. Everything here has been energy, and we know that. You know, that's what we've always learned, and that's what science shows us. And, you know, and until and unless they discover something else, we'll, we'll assume that that's the reality. Everything here has been energy. And we've been existing in this four-dimensional little bubble or playground. Uh, the bubble, the wall or the cell of the bubble has been comprised of height with depth and time, and everything's been energy. And this one little bubble, visualize it as our little four-dimensional playground in this huge, vast, endless, multi-dimensional um, universe. And everything we've accessed here being energy includes our energy healing techniques. That's why for example, Reiki is a different technique than Qigong or Jinshin or Jorei or Alpha, Beta, Delta, Gamma or any of the older new techniques we know about. And um, they feel different than one another. They're accessed through different techniques and methods because that's the way they have to be reached. And that's been wonderful for us. But suddenly, time is moving faster since time is one of the components of our little bubble or playground of existence in this endless universe, that means that time moving faster in all directions at once translates to time expanding, translates to our bubble opening up and expanding further and further out, being able to access and encompass more of what's always existed in the universe, so it's timeless, but hasn't been here before. So for us, it's new. Now, this is really a wonderful concept that uh, most people embrace, except <laughs> it really does piss off some royally some of the um, New Age community who wants everything to be old so they can claim previous knowledge of it. You know, I remember this from my past life when I was Cleopatra for the 37th time in both Atlantis and Lemuria, so, because I was able to bilocate. And, you know, sometimes something is just new. And isn't that wonderful? Because we really are here for new. And so as we're able to access this, we're able to transcend or move beyond just portions or subsets of fractions of energy. But now we're also taking in beyond energy, the energy that used to be here and expanding into a comprehensive spectrum of energy, light and information. Um, aspects of which simply have not been seen by science here ever before. It seems to turn the laws of physics upside down and inside out. It becomes stronger with distance. Um, it, it, everything that we know about energy, it seems to change. Now, how is it that we can access this spectrum without the techniques that we needed to access little subsets of energy? Well, think of it, let's try two analogies. The first one is, think of it as studying the heavens. What's the first thing we see? Well, we see the heavens. Now we want to study it, so we end up going out and getting a telescope. 
and we focus in on a part of the heavens and we focus in on another part. But the more we focus in on a section to learn about it, which is wonderful, in order to fine-tune in, we end up tuning out the rest of the sky, the rest of the picture. So eventually, we end up getting a bigger and better telescope. We fine-tune in to more, but we actually tune out more at the same time. We are at the point now where it's important for us to take our lessons that we've learned from the telescope, put the telescope back down, and look at the entire picture now with the understanding of what we had learned. Or we could view it as our religions, because I view our many religions as different windows out onto God, onto love, onto the universe. But oftentimes we spend all or the bulk of our life looking out of one or two windows, you know, one or, one or two windows. For instance, you know, you look out of your window and you see a synagogue, someone else sees a church, someone else sees a mosque, someone sees a tree, someone sees an ocean, someone sees a building, someone sees a parking lot. And um, we spend our lives arguing about whose window was right because we never put the telescope down to see the whole picture to discover that all of it is right. So even if we have the um, privilege of or the honor of being able to look out of other people's windows, maybe we marry someone with a different window, we've got friends who look out different windows, even if we look out of each of the windows, we still don't see the whole picture because the window is supported by a frame that blocks part of the view and the frame is supported by a, a wall that blocks another part of the view. Only when we're able to put down the telescopes, to let go of the windows, to everyone go up, hold hands, and have a party on the roof. Can we see 360 degrees? Can we see all of what we've been missing? Now, what happens if once we're able to access a broad spectrum of healing? And then we go back and we decide to bring a window frame up to the roof to look out through. Well, we already start to lose part of the picture, and it serves no purpose. We're at a time where we have the ability to access a spectrum of healing by transcending modality. And the universe is offering this opportunity to us to become more ego-transcendent in our approach to life and our approach to healing. Because if we are now able to access something greater and more comprehensive and the only challenge is to transcend our techniques then we have to wonder whether or not we're willing to transcend our techniques in other words this allows us to completely demystify the healing process but the challenge is whether or not we're willing to allow the healing process to be demystified and if we're not willing to put down our telescopes to go up on the roof and have a party with everyone um, so that we can bring about more we need to ask ourselves why and if we're not willing to allow the healing process to become clear and transparent and demystified to everyone, we need to ask ourselves why, and if we're not willing to ask ourselves why, then we need to ask ourselves why we're not willing to ask ourselves why. In other words, the entire simple challenge here or, and the reward, because they're one and the same, like the front and back of the very same coin, is how much can we now transcend, as Gary Zukav would call it, the frightened part of our personality or the ego that wants to hide behind the smoke and the screen and the mirrors of appearing special through the technique, how much 
can we transcend the frightened part of our personality that wants to keep things a mystery and how much are we willing to simply unveil ourselves, go up on the roof and have a party? Now, is it being offered to us at this time because we're ready or has it always been there? This is part of our growth. Now, do you remember when... um, computers and um and um fax machines and other things used to connect not through USB as they do now but through I think what were called parallel or serial ports maybe about right. 12 years ago or something and then at a certain point in time USB came about and now we use USB for example before USB was offered or accessible to us they knew, the computer companies knew that it was going to be the new way of using it. So the computers that we were able to buy had the parallel or serial ports because we were using them, but they also came with USB ports. So once they made USB available, we would be able to access it. You follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we're doing one level at a time. Well, what I believe is, from all that I can tell, and, you know, Lord knows I'm not the absolute answer here, is that we on this earth at this time have been functioning with our spiritual parallel ports, but we've been also given USB. In other words, the USB is here. Are we ready to let go of the serial ports and access the USB? I'm I'm sorry to be using a computer analogy, but that's all I can think of at this moment. In other words, some of the researchers say that this seems to activate something that we've been given that has been dormant, or some say that this is a way to access something that hasn't been here before, but we've been given the receptors for at this point in time on this planet. You know, it's interesting, Dr. Pearl, there's something now that is called... um, People use it as called Evernote, and it, all the information gets stored in the cloud in the universe right. out, out somewhere. So uh, just just kind of brought to mind what you were talking about. It's like everything is being stored at this at a different place, and uh, it's all accessible. See, to to the mind, exactly. To 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 the limited mind. Um, that that's run by the challenge of again is what some people would say ego. I like the way Gary Zukoff and Linda Francis speak of uh, speak of the frightened part of our personality because the word ego is neutral by itself, but ego has been used so much here that it tends to get people's backs up and, and offends because it's got so much baggage to it. So whatever word we want to give it, that part of us when that leads we lead from fear and and limitation in our picture, and we want to say what makes us feel best, that it's always been here. But it doesn't really serve us to say that, because it hasn't always been here. It is coming here now. Obviously, more and more things are coming our way as the universe decides that it's time and or as we are ready for it. And our expanded bubble and the expansion of time right now is allowing more in. So it's not what we had in a past life. It's now we have to meet a new challenge to access it. 
So, for example, when uh, Michael Beckwith and I just recently did an interview together, Michael Beckwith from Agape Church, and what the key to this is that we discuss is that it is observation without judgment. When we're willing to observe without judgment, the part of the ego that wants to say, yes, it's always been here, and I and everyone and I have a right to it, realizes that maybe there is something else. Maybe the universe is wiser than we're giving it credit for, and it's giving us gifts at a pace that allows us to evolve within our own personality and how we express life here as we are reconnecting with our fullness of spirit and learning to transcend and grow beyond the limitations that come with this human corporal form. Do you want the background of how this started for your people? I think you originally asked me that. Yeah. I, I skipped right over that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I think I was so thrown off by the difficulty in trying to get into you that it just made me crazy. Okay, here's the background in a nutshell. I was, and still am by license, a doctor of chiropractic. And somewhere in my 12th year of practice, a few strange things happened. I was awakened in the middle of the night by a bright light. I opened my eyes to see what it was. And it wasn't anything seemingly spiritual or metaphysical. It was simply the lamp next to my bed. It, for some odd reason, decided to turn itself on. Now, I had that lamp for 10 years. It hadn't selected any other propitious occasion to self-ignite. But there it was. And simultaneously... I had the uncanny feeling that someone was in my home. I can't tell you how comfortable a feeling that is. Let's just say I got up with a knife, a can of pepper spray, and my Doberman Pinscher and went hunting. And do you know, have, have you ever seen a Doberman or known of one? Yes. Yes, I used to own well, one. Well, there... You what? I used to own one. There you go. Well, then you know what I know, which is that they are not the watchdogs people think they are. I can no. tell you... I got up in the middle of the night, and I'm nervous, and she thinks it's a party. She's jumping up and down and jumping up and down. I go, shh, By the time she gets that I'm serious, where she ends up is behind my legs, pushing me down the stairs while I've got the knife and the pepper spray. <laughs> I figured, why doesn't she just put on a T-shirt that says the silverware is in the drawer over this way? But um, anyway, so we hunt through the house, can't find anyone. I convinced myself that it had to be my imagination and go back to sleep. That Monday, when I go into the office, seven of my patients, unasked and independently of one another, tell me that they felt people in the office as I was working with them, um, walking, standing, running, and two of, them said it actually felt, two of them said it actually felt as if somebody was flying around the ceiling. Of course, you would think that 12 years in practice, no one's saying that, seven people in one day, that that should get my attention. But... Other patients are saying, I can feel your hands before you touch me, which, of course, I didn't believe. So I said, all right, lie down, close your eyes. And I held my hands in different angles, different directions, anywhere from several feet to several yards away from them. And they could tell me, right shoulder, left ankle. And as I'm watching that, I'm seeing tiny little involuntary muscles move in their forehead or around their chin or their jaw, muscles that are so small, so independent, that we could not move these intentionally. I mean, these are muscles smaller than people who are able to move their ears, you know. And um, their eyes start darting rapidly back and forth. Their fingers are moving. Their feet are moving. And when they open their eyes, they're telling me that they're seeing colors they've never seen before and smelling fragrances they've never smelled before. And 
and they start reporting healings, real healings. They're getting up out of wheelchairs, some of them. Um, others are coming in the next day or two reporting that they went to their doctors to have something done with their cancer and showing me reports where their cancer tumors had completely vanished. Um, vision, hearing is returning. Children with cerebral palsy or epilepsy, their parents are calling and saying, you know, what did you do? They can walk and run and play and speak normally. Uh, the doctors are calling saying, what did you do? They don't require their medication any longer. I'm saying, I didn't do anything and don't tell anybody. And of course, the more I did that, you know, it was pretty much like Nancy Reagan just trying to say no to drugs. The more you said it, the less people listened to it. And pretty soon they all started coming and going, I'll have what she had. And soon people began to ask me to teach this. And I said, teach it? You've got to be nuts. How the heck do you teach something like this? I'm standing there waving my hands in the air, having a good time but looking like a fool. So go outside, wave your hands in the air, tell me what your neighbors say. Yet so many people began reporting that when they got home after their sessions, they drove up to their house and the automatic garage door, for example, would open up before they hit the button. Or um, or they walked inside in their television or stereo started turning itself on and off and on and off and they felt sensations in their hands they would hold their hands near someone in the family and the uncle could walk again after the stroke or or you know the grandmother regained her speech somehow or other what we began to see that science has later verified is that once we come into contact with this expanded spectrum or frequency of healing it changes us in a way that we are able to facilitate healings for others. It changes our gamma radiation emission. It links our heart waves and brain waves with that of the other person. It changes and restructures, the word I like to use is reconnects, our DNA, which has now been demonstrated in four studies, and there's a fifth international study about to begin on it, a huge one, and what we just found out from the university, you know, the main university in St. Petersburg, Russia, was that it changes our blood, red cells, white cells, our immune system. Um, as a matter of fact, we just did a research study there with 40 Russian Olympic athletes, a one group of 20 that we worked with with Reconnective Healing and one group of 20 as a control group, the group of 20, 100% of them had these dynamic, dynamic blood changes. And the other group, zero. Not one of them did. The researchers, the, the, the team of the three main um, PhD researchers there just sent me an email about two weeks ago that said, we thought this was going to be a paper, but the results are so dramatic that we feel that this is about to be a book. Well. Wow. Well, they're really open in Russia. So that's... Well, no, no. The same studies on different ways are being done right here. I mean, we have wonderful main researchers. Dr. Uh, Gary Schwartz here at the University of Arizona is is doing oh. some terrific work with us. So is Dr. William Tiller, who's known for the tiller Einstein oh, model of, of negative entropy. Um, Glenn Ryan in, in New York, who's extremely well-known for his DNA studies. He did some DNA there. Russia did them here, University of Arizona. So it's not just about being open. I think the part that was the gift um, 
in Russia, besides you know the wonderful research team that is open to it, of course, was the fact that they are so highly placed in the government that they were able to gain us access to the Russian Olympic athletes to use. Now, what's important about that is that these athletes are monitored and in controlled situations. They live um, in the same um, units or, or compound, not not like we think of a compound, like a military compound. I mean, it's 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 regimented as far as their um, exercise programs and training and, and diet and such. But I mean, it's it's a it's a very nice, wonderful place. They're 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 very happy. They have a wonderful sense of friendship and camaraderie with one another there is quite beautiful but they're monitored they're controlled even down to their exercise so it's one of the most controlled studies um, that we have so far and this is on healthy people which makes it very important that's marvelous so is this have anything to do with the magnetic uh, field of the earth I believe it does now don't ask me how, because I would have to. I would have to go in and make further supposition on it. Um, so I, I really, I, I wish I could give you more clarity on that one. But obviously, as we expand the magnetic field, I would feel would shift. You know what? I don't want to guess at that answer, I actually want to ask some of the researchers what their thoughts are on it as well and, and take a little time. I don't like to talk about what I, I don't have an immediate response to. I wish well, I, I did. That's a great wonder. question. I haven't been asked that before. <laughs> what do you think? I kind of... give, give us your opinion. Well, you know, the um, the ancient cultures and uh, like Stonehenge, those stones that are up, they definitely have a magnetic field. And so I'm, my thoughts are, at one point, and we probably lost it, our humans did work with magnetic fields and energy. Well, like we are doing that. I mean, this is not just electromagnetic, but it's magnetoelectric, which sounds like, are we just reversing the words, like black, white to white, black? But according to Dr. William Taylor, this is something quite, quite different than we've had. We have had electromagnetic before, but now this is magnetoelectric, which changes something, including the healing process. And what it changes, well, look at it this way. First of all, you're not going to have a greater expert in the field at present on than Dr. William Tiller on entropy. And just to make sure that we're all on the same page, entropy is... Um, the natural tendency for things to break down, for things to disintegrate, to go into disarray, to age, whether it's, you know, wood turning to splinters to dust or people aging turning to splinters to dust. And the one thing that increases this entropy is speed. You know, if you drive a bus around town at 120 miles an hour, it's going to fall apart more quickly than anything else. Speed freaks. Well, you see how much they age. So um, what Dr. Tiller discovered through with the work of Albert Einstein is that once we get to the speed of light, entropy reverses itself. It becomes negative entropy. So the Tiller-Einstein model of negative entropy shows that at the speed of light, it reverses itself. 
dis-ease becomes healing or ease. Degeneration becomes regeneration. Disorganization becomes reorganization. And the, our DNA, we know from the work of Dr. Fritz Popp in Germany and others, we have now demonstrated in scientific laboratories that the DNA emits certain levels of light. And so this light allows for the healing process to go on throughout the body at its normal rate. And yet, when we interact with this new spectrum of light that comes in only when we allow ourselves to transcend our techniques and our modalities and access this, what research calls the, the reconnective healing spectrum or continuum of energy, light, and information, once we access that, that new expanded level of light serves as either a beacon or a reminder to us of our original higher light vibration. And as we return to that light vibration, anything denser or heavier than light, which tends to include pretty much most of our health challenges, has pretty much nothing to hold on to. So if appropriate for that person, as appropriate for them in their life course, those densities simply fall away. Now, if we take nothing else home from this interview today, let's take home these next two sentences. A, healing is just that simple. And B, anything, anything, protections, rituals, healing toys, anything more complicated than that is simply designed to sell us something and to deflect our attention outside of ourselves when the key to healing is something we can't be sold, we can't buy, because we already own, and we just have to turn our attention inside to discover that. In other words, it's time to come home. Well, Not I that think... I have an opinion on the subject or anything. <laughs> but the, the <laughs> emotion... I, it's, in, it, it's interesting that people right now are noticing um, an energy that is at a quicker pace than it has been previously. Yes. So, you know, maybe all of this, you know, is just awakening, uh, awakening things with our capabilities and and bringing to us um, a new form to work with and and help us to make these changes. Um, yeah, uh, I really do feel that we're being divinely guided by the intelligence of God, love, and the universe. And as appropriate, we're being gently, kindly, wonderfully, um, as God's children, shall we say, not to sound religious or anything, um, being spoon-fed appropriately enough challenge so that we can maximize our gift, our reward, and our growth. And right now the challenge is, are we willing to put down the telescope? Are we willing to go up on the roof and see that there is no benefit from bringing the um, window frame up on the roof with us? Now, by the way, you know, we, we are teaching these seminars, so you can learn to do this. And I'm, I'm wondering, maybe we should explain to your listeners how we are able to teach something that transcends technique itself. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Sure. Well, um, there are two seminars in the U.S. 
this year that I'm aware of coming up, um, maybe three. I know that October 23 and 24, we're teaching it in Manhattan. Um, let me see. Oh, no, no. October 23 and 24, we're teaching it in Los Angeles. I think we're teaching it in Manhattan approximately a month earlier um, in September. And I believe that in November or December, we're teaching it in Miami. Of course, the schedule is on uh, the website, thereconnection.com, www.thereconnection.com, so you can check that. But here's how we do it. Usually, I give a Friday night presentation for about three hours, talk about the history of the work, the theory, the philosophy. Then we give live demonstrations of the healing so that you can see it, witness it maybe on yourself or someone that you know there, and we give everyone an opportunity to feel this in your hands. But on Saturday and Sunday... What we do on that weekend is a definite, um, shall we say, real working seminar. In other words, don't come if you think. We're all going to sit around, hold hands, om, and sing kumbaya, my lord, because it really won't happen that way. This, Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your depending on your perspective, really is my personality. I don't get prettier. I'm very focused that you will master this work in those two days if it kills you. I, however, will live and go on to the next seminar. And so what happens is we demonstrate a level of the work from the stage, and then we all go to massage tables, um, either in groups of two or groups of four, depending on what we're working on at the time. And one person will lie down at the table and one person will stand. And we will each, I will come around to each table and so will our our internationally trained team of teaching assistants. And we'll take your hand and we'll, we'll... guide you through certain areas in the beginning a little bit or show you how to begin to access this spectrum so that you truly feel it. You know, almost everyone, by the end of the weekend, pretty much everyone truly, clearly, distinctly feels it. And as you begin to feel a certain sensation, you're going to see the person respond. You maybe see their eyes rapidly dart back and forth. As we help you discover another place, you'll see their fingers or their feet begin to move or involuntary muscles change or breathing. And as you start to say to yourself, hmm, when I'm here, I feel this and I see that. When I'm here, I feel this and I see that. You begin to recognize your distinct role in this, just as if we show you how to push a box of Kleenex, east, west, north, and south. I mean, after you do it once, twice if you're a really slow learner, you simply own the work. You could study the physics of tissue box pushing for the next 40 years. You'll never own it or know it any better. And so after we do that, we go back to the chairs. We talk about what we just did. We demonstrate the next level of the work. We go back to the tables. This continues throughout the weekend. And by Sunday, just two days, not six months or six weeks, two days, I can pretty much make you two promises, which is, which are A, you will, by that end of that weekend, be able to do anything and everything in the way of healing that I can do. And B, you will be able to do anything and everything in the way of healing that any human being anywhere known on this planet can do, whether they were raised by monks in a cave in a mountaintop in Tibet and fed grains of seed, each one flowing in on the beak of an individually chakra-colored bird, or whether they changed their last name from the perfectly good one their parents gave them to of God and moved to a church in Brazil. It doesn't matter the story. It only matters our willingness to transcend that story. Do you have any stories of... uh something uh, a student did during one of your classes that was 
I mean, was working on another student and you do I have stories of healing that students have done? Uh-huh. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'll give you an example. This gentleman was um, told by his wife that he should come to this seminar. And I was giving the seminar in Germany at the time, and they lived in Spain. And he had no interest in this. He ran um, an antique store, didn't want to go, and thought that it was crazy. But she decided he should go, and so she bought him a ticket anyway. And there he found himself at the seminar by himself. She didn't come. She sent him sitting there Friday night, then Saturday morning. Then Saturday afternoon he called her up and he said, please let me come home. This is a crazy place. This is crazy stuff, and I don't belong here. And she talked him into staying. On Sunday, he had a change. He said he suddenly started seeing people, instead of externally, started seeing them on the inside and began to witness healings going on in the classroom that he wouldn't have, in the seminar room of the workshop, that he wouldn't have thought possible. So he said to himself, you know, still, this sounds crazy. He went home. Somehow or other, someone came in with a problem to his store, and he decided to try a healing. They had a healing. Well, after that, that happened a few times. He decided that he had his own healing. He had been unable to walk because of back pain. If he had to cough or sneeze, he immediately had to double over on his knees on the ground. But that completely left him, and he decided that he wanted to devote his life to helping others gain the consciousness of this work. So I took him with us as a teaching assistant, and I was at a dinner where um, a woman dragged her husband over to me and said he wanted to feel it, and I let him feel it in his hands. He really didn't seem like he wanted to feel it. She obviously forced him to, and I let him feel it in his hand. Following that, I saw him walking around the party, banging on his wrist, taking two fingers from his right hand, banging on his left hand or the other way around on his wrist. And I wanted to know why. Well, he explained that he had had severe carpal tunnel syndrome for three years. He was scheduled for surgery for it because he was a top orthopedic surgeon there in that country. And um, his carpal tunnel was so bad he was dropping his tools, uh, his tools, his um, his what. Instruments, thank you. He was dropping his surgical instruments so he couldn't do surgery any longer. All right, that was interesting. It turned out that he had a son who was young, maybe seven, eight, nine, who had extreme ADD and was hyperactive. And he asked if I'd work on him, and I said, no, I don't want to work on people because if I'm doing that, then you don't understand that the gift of this is that we can all access it. So he turned and he asked my assistant, who was very nervous, to work on a doctor's child. The doc, But he agreed. So the doctor brought his child over later that week. The boy was in the room, lying, running, squirming. My assistant was so nervous that he wasn't going to do a good job that he was perspiring. <laughs> and anyway, he did one, the first of two sessions, because they asked to bring him back. Because three days after that first session... They found a note slipped under their door. Their school had been calling them for three days, couldn't get to them. They thought this was so urgent that they sent a teacher over. And when no one was home, they slipped a note under the door that said, what happened to your child? For the first time in his life, he's speaking. Not only is he speaking, but he's arguing points in class. They were so 
so excited that he would argue and that he could focus for the very first time. Now, here is a nervous person who got sent to a seminar they didn't even want to go to, had their own healing, worked on a child that made them so nervous that they were more focused on themselves and their own nerves almost, maybe than the child at the time, who had a miraculous healing for his life. This was about a year and a half ago, and this child has been good ever since. Healing cannot be about me. Healing can never be about one person that can't live and die. If I do my job properly, when I leave this earth, this work will be continuing. That's what I live for. And I hear that uh, there are people who are working on animals also. Of course. Animals are people in fur coats. We teach classes of how to work with animals. It's not a different healing it's really only learning common sense ways of approaching animals and allowing them to be comfortable with you so that you can work on various kinds of animals. Um, it's the same. Well, it's not the same. We also teach children how to do this work. Now, in our Reconnective Kids class where, where we teach children how to do it, it's instead of two days, it's two hours. It only takes kids about two hours because they don't come in with those um, frightened parts of their ego or the frightened parts of their personality that make them feel that they have to be better than their neighbors, that they have to know something more than the class, that they don't come in with a fear thinking they need to protect themselves. I mean, they exist in love and, and childlike wonder. You know, we can't give a gift that we are unable to accept or receive ourselves. We can't give a gift that resides in love, prosperity, and abundance while we're standing in fear, lack, and limitation. We can't stand in fear protecting ourselves in a white flame, a gold flame, a purple flame, um, and shaking off negative energy and facilitate healings that reside in love. We can't stand in lack and limitation trying to add crystals and stones and amulets and techniques and symbols to ourselves and facilitate healings that reside in us becoming fully abundantly 100% of who and what we are. And until we're able to recognize the fears where we've been, pick them up, cradle them, laugh at them, laugh with them, love them, and carry them one step at a time into the light so that light can do what light does best, show us that the darkness never existed, that those fears, that darkness was simply where we haven't allowed ourselves to be the light who we are. Until we're willing to do that, we won't be able to bring through these healings at its fullest. But our gift, our reward, says trust, love, know, and step into the light. And suddenly we find that we are each 100%, none of us better than another, and none of us less than. Well, we have about 30 seconds left. You want to give out your website again? Sure. Well, the the book, which is in 36 languages, is called The Reconnection, Heal Others, Heal Yourself. And to make it simple, the website is www.thereconnection.com, where you can go on and find practitioners, and you can find our international schedule of seminars 